Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Maximum Octane. I am your ringleader, Kim Hickey, and joining me today is Mr. Jerry Jankowski. And Jerry is the CEO of IRS Assistance, Inc. The Inc. part is very important because we just had a conversation (laughs) off air that he could be accused of impersonating the IRS and they came to visit us. <laughs> so we don't want um, Jerry to get under the radar of the IRS by that. So make sure it's a link. Um, he provides many wonderful services and there'll be a link in the comments for you to be able to find him and what he does. And good morning, Jerry. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thank you. And how are, how is everybody there? Everybody is just fantastic. Everybody is just fantastic. So I asked Jerry to join us today because he is very knowledgeable about different business entities and tax implications, legal implications and other things. And what we see a lot with with small businesses and any business, frankly, automotive or otherwise is People start out as a sole proprietorship because it's the easiest way to get things going, or maybe even an LLC or partnership, and then they just stay like that forever. And then we hear back when when coaches speak to them or anybody's analyzing what's going on at their business, and they say, oh, you know, my accountant said the money all goes in the same pot, so no sense in changing it. So I think this is crucial for everybody to understand that there is a difference in, you know, how the business is is classified and the entity that, that you have it under. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And I'm going to shut up now so you can start sharing your wisdom with us. Okay. I'm not sure it's much wisdom, but I can tell you the different types of entities that people normally aren't it going into and should be going into, but I will preface it by saying that I don't know you or your businesses. And unless someone actually knows your, you and your businesses closely and the financial ins and outs of your business, we cannot give you direct information of what you should or shouldn't be doing. What I'm going to give is general information, what I would give the greater majority of people that come into my office that are trying to start a business. There are different things, like Kim said, most people start out you know, they know what they're doing, whether it's they fix cars or they fix houses or whatever they do. And they start out, they do a little bit and they, hey, I'm making money all of a sudden. And they become a sole proprietor. Somewhere down the road, hopefully someone tells them that's probably not the best way to be in business. Unfortunately, we find a great deal of people, including a lot of the auto repair shops that I've spoke with, are still saying that they're 
sole proprietors or independent contractors. We find that's normally the worst place to be in to save money and to protect yourself. So I'll first explain that and then we'll go into the different types of corporations. If you are an independent contractor, basically, if you get sued, everything you own is subject to that lawsuit. So for a liability issue, we'll get to the tax issues in a minute, but for a liability issue, if you're not a corporation, anything you own personally can be subject to a lawsuit if something happens in your business. If you're running an auto repair shop, something happens and someone gets injured, they can sue you. People go, well, I've got a million dollars of insurance. I've got $2 million of insurance. I go, that's great because I'm going to sue you for $5 million. And guess what? Your insurance company is going to give me the $2 million and the other $3 million, I'm going to get from you. If you own a house, I'm going to take your house. If you have money in the bank, I'm going to take the money in your bank. I don't want your firstborn child, but maybe if they're making enough money, we'll see what they can do to help you out. But all kidding aside, that's really the, a huge risk if you're not running as a corporation, is you're leaving all of your personal assets subject to someone taking them from you because of a court. When you see lawsuits, most of the time the people that are determining these lawsuits are retired people or young people, and they're giving away money that's not theirs. Just like the old story of the woman from the McDonald's uh, place that went into McDonald's, got a cup of hot coffee, put it between her legs, drove away, burnt herself. And some jury said, let's give her a million dollars because she burnt herself putting hot coffee between her own legs. Juries aren't always sensible. So the best way you can protect yourself is to set up a corporation. Now, there are some reasons why you wouldn't set up a corporation right away. And your accountant or CPA or whoever you're dealing with can tell you what the reasons would be why you shouldn't switch immediately. Normally, it would be is if you have lost carry forwards from your sole proprietorship, yourself uh, being self-employed, you have lost carry forwards from previous years, and you're still using those losses on your, on your current tax returns or your future tax returns. That would be the only good reason to keep running it that way. But I would then weigh that against what kind of assets do I have that I'm jeopardizing over here? Like if I have $10,000 worth of lost carry forwards to bring forward, is that really worth it to me when I'm subject to them taking away my half a million dollar house? So you have to weigh those things as to what is, and the best way to do that is to talk with your CPA, your accountant, something so they can tell you all the ins and outs of where you stand. Keeping that in mind, okay, so moving from that, then I would say what you need to do is you need to set up a corporation. To set up a corporation, the corporation then becomes a separate entity from you. It's not, it's your corporation, both heads, if you're 100% owner, but legally it's a separate entity. So they can't come take what's yours. They can only come take what belongs to the corporation if they sue the corporation. So you would want to have a lot of assets sitting in the corporation that have a lot of, a lot of value in case you get sued. So you keep them all encumbered or you move them in and out, whatever the case may be. But you, don't, you let them have a target, and the target would be the corporation. Keep all of your personal assets safe. Oh, Jerry, just so- let me interrupt, and sure. I don't mean to throw you off track, but... One of the things that we see in your talk about keeping the personal assets or the assets separately is when people own the building that their business is in, and then they put that in the corporation name as, as well. Is that one of the examples of what you should not do? I would normally recommend that the property is in a separate corporation so that, that that's a separate thing that no one can come take that property. So once again, I would defer that one to your CPA because that's just my personal belief. Um, but I'm always into protecting everything that's mine. So 
if, if that's one of the things I do have that over there, so that's a separate thing. So if they sue my, my auto repair shop, they can't take my building. They can't take my property. They can't take my home. They can, all they can take is what's owned by that corporation, which might be a couple lifts, some tools and such, but it's not going to get to your property or the, the big values. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. And so then we look at the different types of corporations. There's a uh, LLC, which everybody seems to want to have an LLC. I have a personal bias against LLC, so uh, keep that in mind when I'm talking to you. <laughs> the reason I don't like LLCs is because in most cases, they do not offer any more protection than a normal corporation, a C corporation or S corporation. But they cost more to set up and they cost more every year to maintain. So there's truly no reason for them. There are good reasons for LLCs, but it's normally has something to do if you're going to have over 100 members of your, of your business, and most of you are not, or if you're going to have hundreds of millions of dollars coming in, and hopefully you do, but probably are not. So let's stick with what's the reality. The reality is if you have a regular business making a, you know, a decent amount of money, you want to protect your assets and then make sure you pay the least amount of money allowable by law. And one of the ways you can do that is by setting up your corporation. Because if you're back to being that sole proprietor or independent contractor, well, if you make, let's say you're making $100,000, you're paying Social Security, Medicare, self-employment tax on that full $100,000. That's 15.3%. So you just paid $15,300 in self-employment tax before your income tax. Income tax is going to cost you 20 or 25% more. So it's a lot of money. What we recommend to people is that if you set up a corporation, you set up your payroll. So you look at about 50% of what you believe you're going to be making. If you make 100,000, you set yourself up on a $50,000 payroll with your normal payroll service. So taxes are being taken out, income taxes, social security, Medicare, everything's taken care of. The other 50,000, which you still want because you need that 50,000 to live on is going to come to you as a profit to the corporation. When it comes to the profit of the corporation, you get a K-1 from your accountant or CPA, and they say, here's how much profit you made. You probably already took that money, but that $50,000 is not subject to the Social Security and Medicare. So you just save 15.3% on that much money. So you just save $7,500. And you do that year after year after year after year. Now, the people, some of you that may believe, well, Social Security is very important for me to put into my Social Security. I get Social Security. Trust me, it's not all that. What you want to do is take that <laughs> extra money and use it wisely. Invest it in some sort of 401k or any type of investment thing. Jerry, I'm have very money. disappointed right now that I'm not going to get rich when I get on Social Security. I just you just burst a bubble for me. I had all these big plans. Rich is all a matter of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you've paid everything off and you could live happily on your $1,500 to $2,500 a month for the rest of your life, you'll be A-OK. -okay. But for those of us that can't whittle our bills down to that low, low it's best to use a better way. <laughs> well, And of, then there's people that believe yourself. Social Security won't be around in a few years, but that's a whole entirely different topic and, and podcast for sure. Yeah, we'll tell you that. For right now, I would count it on. And if you're going to be getting any money after the 21, 2034, oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 they're going to be cutting down the, uh, the payments to people by, uh, they say, approximately 50% because there's just not enough money going in, et cetera. We've taken money out. Anyway, like you said, that's sort of for a whole different podcast. But anyway, that's one of the ways that you do. If you switch from being that sole proprietor into a corporation, then when you set up the, your, your pay through the corporation, 
don't put yourself 100 percent of what you make on payroll because you need some money to have flexibility with. You might need to buy a, a part for your something that costs ten thousand dollars. So you can't say, "Well, I make a hundred thousand a year. I'm gonna give myself two thousand a week." Give yourself a thousand a week on payroll. The other thousand is still there. Take it as you need it. At the end of the year, it'll come to you on that K one. Now, going back to the LLCs, the C corporation, S corporations. That's what most. That's what corporations are. When you set up your corporation with the state, you automatically start as a C corporation. A C corporation doesn't really have a lot of tax advantages for you, but it lets the state and other people know you're incorporated, you have certain protections, and there's a lot of goods and bads about the C corporations. Once again, if you're a huge company like uh, McDonald's and stuff, you want to be a C corporation or something, uh, but you you don't want to be a S corporation at that point because you can't, well, you can't be legally, but uh, you want to make sure you're in the proper vehicle for you to make uh, the best tax decisions. When you switch to being, once you get the C corporation set up, you then apply to the IRS to become an S corporation. As an S corporation, a small business corporation, that's going to save you a great deal because what will happen is that you still have all the protections that you would uh, receive from that LLC you were setting up. You'll save money on uh, the annual fees for it, and you'll still have all the same tax savings that you would have thought you got from the LLC, but there are some differences. One of the differences on an LLC, there's you have no liability to the company's uh, uh, debts. As a S corporation, you do, as the owner of the S corporation, you would have some liability towards the company's debts. But we expect this here is not to teach how to not pay your debts, but how to save money in taxes. So what you want to do, the best way to set up uh, save money in taxes is through an S corporation. Unless now, if you're making over a quarter million a year, that might change because your tax savings is based on how much money is taken out of the Social Security and Medicare, and you only pay that on the first, well, it changes every year, so it's $150,000, $140,000 uh, at this point. After that, uh, your money is not subject to Social Security and Medicare, or subject to Social Security, but it's still subject to Medicare, but that's a very small amount. So anyway, when you're looking at the so the, the LLCs, has, it has some advantages, but mostly there's not a real advantage over the regular corporation unless you're going to be a huge business and make billions of dollars. Uh, the S corporation saves you the most amount of money, and the C corporation gives you the, the protections. But what happens is when you make profit in your C corporation, the corporation has to pay tax on the, on the profit it made. And then when you as the owner of the corporation was to take dividends out of it, that money comes out to you as a dividend and then you pay tax on that dividend. So you pay tax twice. So by setting up the S corporation, it's a, it's a flow through corporations, all the profits or losses from the C corporation or S corporation, I'm sorry, flow into your personal 1040. So if you have profits or losses, it flows into it automatically without being subject to the other uh, social security or self-employment tax issues. That is a lot of um, alphabet letters that you're sharing with us on on all of these these things, and I think it's it's so important for people to have an understanding and to educate themselves and get more than one opinion because accountants, attorneys, you know, all of us, we have different opinions on things. Things they have a bias too, as as you stated earlier on. Into I don't see anything wrong with speaking to a couple of different professionals and saying. You know, what is your opinion? What do you think is the best for for? I have a great example for you. Right, for sure. If, if, if I have a, I have an example of, of two car dealerships, or I mean, the car repair shops that I spoke with. Okay. 
one of them spoke with me and showed me their tax return. They said, hey, I want you to look at it because it didn't seem right. And can you take a look at it? And we looked at it and we said, well, we would change this, 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 and ended up saving them $28,000. Well, that worked out great. And what we're doing for him for next year is we're setting up the S corporation. So he'll be saving even uh, a lot more money in the future. So that worked out well. I spoke to another auto repair shop that basically the same thing. And I explained all the same things to them. And they chose to just stick with the way they're doing things. For whatever reason, I don't know uh, what the reason is, but I pointed out that I looked at a couple of their tax returns and I didn't see any lost carry forwards that were being used. So I didn't see any reason why they were still maintaining being a sole proprietorship uh, or being self-employed that was costing them around five to $7,000 a year extra. And uh, they still declined and chose for whatever reasons to stick with what they're doing. So everybody is going to be having individual decision as to why this is. All I can do is tell you what's the best why thing tax-wise. And if you're new or if you're just trying to do, see what's the best way to save money is set up an S corporation, unless you have a lot of loss carry forwards and your accountant or CPA can explain that to you. Then once you get rid of those loss carry forwards, set up the S cor uh, corporation so you can maintain saving money in the future. Thank you. One of the things you mentioned about how some business owners are like, oh, I'm covered. I'm good. I have a million dollar, you know, insurance policy. And sadly, we live in a very litigious society, right? I mean, people are too over. I, I just can't even believe some of the stories you see online or you hear from friends, you know, literally down to somebody breaking into your house and robbing you and tripping on your stairs and getting to sue you because they hurt themselves robbing you. I mean, there's right. so many crazy stories, right? So, so we have to be smart, you know, as a CEO of our business, our job is to be strategic and make plans for the future. And part of that future has to include maintaining the safety, you know, and of our business, right. And that we're in a position to, to ward off, so to speak, uh, any kind of lawsuits or, you know, at least minimize, the possibility of them, right? And a million dollars, you know, when people say I have a million dollars, I hear that a lot, but you know, for a policy, a million dollars today is, is nothing. I know that's not proper uh, grammar in English, but <laughs> it is nothing, right? It's mm -hmm. what is a million dollars? When you, when you look at lawsuits and you see the numbers and for small businesses, we're not talking about big giant corporations. I mean, even in small businesses, what people are getting sued for it's crazy. And, and there aren't any under a million dollars. I don't think anymore. That just seems to be, you know, shoot for the moon. That's what the lawyer's jobs are, you know, and all of that is to try to maximize whatever. So anyone that is falsely thinking that you're covered because you have a million dollar blanket insurance policy is, is mistaken. And, and really they, they need to kind of get some better counsel, I think, for that. Yes, and it depends who you're being sued by, because in the courts are looking at future income when they determine how much money they're going to give you. So if you are being sued by somebody that makes 50000 a year, and they're not going to be able to work for the rest of their lives, and they're only 30 years old, how much is that going to give them? So they're, you know, that money, but if you happen to hit a stockbroker who makes a million dollars a year, guess how much they're going to sue you for future earnings? They're going to sue you for $50 million. So they said, you have to be very careful and have to have very good insurance. And you have to make sure, as you said, you have to protect your, your, your assets. And one of your biggest assets is your business. 
And you have to look at it as an asset, not just, oh, I got a business I go to every day. It's a valuable asset that's worth a quarter million, half a million, five million, depending upon how big your, your shop is. That's a very valuable asset. And you need to protect it just like you protect your family and you protect your home. And it affects so many people. You know, most businesses have other, you know, as I like to call them, internal customers, or some people call them employees or team members or whatever, you know, you, right. your moniker is for that. But you have to think about, you know, as the CEO, how do you protect your assets, your family or all that? And then all of the, the people that are on that boat with you, their families and their, right? Because it was, so it's so far reaching. And then when you think about the community, if they were to lose you as a business, you know, a great business in the community, I mean, it's so far reaching and the ripple effect is just incredible. So I just really invite everybody to take the time and look at what kind of business entity they are operating under. And is it time to make a switch? Why does it make sense? And talk to a couple different people. I mean, get, get different opinions. And if something doesn't feel right, trust your, trust your gut. There's <laughs> so many times that's the other thing. They're like, Oh, I just knew that wasn't right. I just felt like that wasn't right. And then they go ahead and do it. It's like, well, why did you do it then? So Okay. Yeah. This is very helpful information, Jerry. So one of the things, you know, always when we're coming to the end of the session, I like to ask my guests is about a, one to give me one unproductive habit that you exchange for a productive one. And how has that impacted your, your, your life? You think I have unproductive habits? I don't think you have any now, <laughs> but I'm sure you can dig one out from your past that you have, you have worked on. I have many I'm working on today. My one unproductive habit is not getting properly focused in the morning. I get up early, four o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the morning. I sit and I read and I do this. I take care of the animals. And what I need to do is that I eventually, I so you have to get ready for work. <laughs> and that's become a unproductive habit of mine is getting, doing all these things, getting comfortable. Whereas before, when I had to get up and Adam and get into an office down, you know, down the road, I was more prepared when I got there. Whereas working out of the home, it's not the, it's, it's easier to sit back for a little bit longer and say, well, I'll catch that in a half hour. So that's my unproductive habit. Now I'm getting back into 10 to 5, 10 to 5, 10 to 5. That is awesome. Awesome. That is something that a lot of people have struggled with during COVID and the aftermath of it, of working and, and finding those boundaries for working not enough or too much from home because it's your office is right in your house and it's easy to be at nine o'clock at night and say, oh, let me go in and, and check that. So thank you for sharing that with, with us and also for all of your wonderful information. And again, Jerry's link to contact him will be down there. If you have any questions, look at, I'm volunteering you, Jerry, for to that our, that our listeners can call you and, and get some information from you. So is that okay? That's great. We appreciate all the extra business and I might only give you a little bit of information, but eventually you might need my services or someone in your family does because there's 25 to 30 million people that owe taxes. Yes, that's so another. If you're, in a party with, if you're in a party with 10 people, two of them probably owe taxes. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> want to have you back on and talk about that piece of your business because holy cow, the, the, the work that you're doing is amazing with, with people that, that do owe taxes or get those frightening 
IRS uh, poison pen letters and, and the demand. So thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody stay safe, make good choices and stay inspired. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.